Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. They say death and taxes, the only inevitable things in life. I think you can also throw in high cell phone bills into the mix, if you're a Canadian, that is. According to reports that rank the price of cell phones around the world, Canada, as you probably know, consistently ranks among the most expensive. A lot of people say the answer to that is more competition. Well, obviously bad news there. Now that Rogers Communications has finally completed their takeover of Shaw Communications, two very large companies have just turned into one even larger telecommunications company. It was a $26 billion deal that will likely have some big effects on our phone bills. It means Rogers will have an even bigger foothold on the West, taking advantage of Shaw's network of cable and internet. That might be good. Uh, but with the new mergers, though, this leaves the lion's share of the telecommunications market to just three players, Rogers, Telus, and Bell. So the big question is, is this good or bad when it comes to our cell phone bills in Canada? Jerry Wall is the CEO of Wall Communications and a veteran of the Canadian telecommunications industry, and he's here now. Thanks for taking the time. Happy to put in my two cents, Martin. Right on. Well, my first question is one you've, I'm guessing, been asked a few thousand times. Why the heck are cell phone prices so expensive in this country? They, they are expensive relative to many other countries. Certainly not, we're not the highest prices in the world, but we are one of the highest priced countries in the world. Certainly, if you look at some of the European countries, we're dramatically higher in terms of our pricing. But again, if you look at the size of the country, and the telephone companies will tell you that uh, because of our very vast geographic area, the low density of the population, the costs of building out that infrastructure are very expensive, and that has to be reflected in the price. And I think that's a legitimate uh, comment to make. But I think uh, you also have to take a look at the industry structure. We do have in this country a dominant three companies, the big three, Bell, Telus, and Rogers, that control a market share, you know, depending on how you want to measure it by subscribers or revenue between 85 and 90% of the market. That's, that's a huge concentration in a market. And if you look at the, the mobile wireless industry in particular, those three companies, Bell, Telus, and Rogers have been doing business in the mobile uh, sphere for almost 40 years. So they know each other very, very well. They've gone through all sorts of competitive skirmishes, uh, uh, personalities like Ted Rogers and Jean Monty with Bell when it got very personal. They have a history and an understanding of, of how I think each other will react depending on what sort of competitive action is taken. And I think that's part of the story. Right. And uh, Francois-Philippe Champagne, the minister overseeing all this, this deal between Shaw and Rogers, he said, I think the quote was, uh, this deal gives Canadians a seat at the table. And I guess meaning that consumers will have a little more control over the telecommunications uh, business that they have to deal with. Do you buy that? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure what he means. You've uh, given us an interpretation uh, it's certainly, I think it's a good deal for Canadian consumers in that it gives the best likelihood of getting more competition in the market than any other solution you could have thought of in the wireless area. So I think in that sense, yes, I, I agree with that. It was, it's a good move for Canadian consumers. 
Yeah. So I, I guess what you were saying about the vastness of this country, it's, it's all about infrastructure and the costs of that, which I think a lot of people don't really think about. So I guess the fact that you're, you're basically connecting the East to the West in a lot of ways with this deal. Uh, so that might be a, a good thing. And, and don't forget the north too, especially getting to more remote, remote and rural areas. I think the cost really does escalate. But what you have is, I mean, if you look at the history of competition in the wireless market in Canada, again, we started way back in 1985 with the first licenses that were issued, really to to that group of consortium called Stentor, which included both Telus and Bell as part of a consortia, and eventually. TELUS broke away and formed its own company in, in uh, BC and Alberta. And Rogers was given a license across the country. So Bell had licenses in its operating territories where it had its wireline network. So essentially Quebec and Ontario and in eastern Canada. Uh, TELUS had licenses for BC and uh, Alberta. And then you had Manitoba Tel in Manitoba. You had Saskatchewan Telephone in Saskatchewan. So it was a bit of a, a split up. Now, since then, Bell has bought Manitoba Tel. Saskatchewan remains the lone, if you will, kind of provincially owned telephone company in Canada. Um, although there are some, some local ones like Thunder Bay Tel that do a municipal systems. But that whole action started back in 85, and then in an attempt to bring more competition in the market, we licensed what were called PCS operators. Microcell, you might remember, they had a FIDO brand. That was in the mid-1990s, and ClearNet, which was another operator. Now, those two companies found it very difficult to compete for a couple of reasons. One, the investments required are really, really high. So that's tough to come up with the investment funds for that. But secondly, I think they were found themselves against the pricing uh, uh, competition of the big three. I mean, they were, they're they tough competitors when you get into a market. So ultimately, Microcell was sold to, uh, to Rogers. ClearNet was bought by Telus. Well, the federal government has been trying since then to get another fourth national competitor in the market. And if you recall, they did, again, license three new competitors, uh, Mobilicity, Public Mobile, and uh, Global Live, or Wind. And again, the same thing happened. Each of those companies uh, felt that fell uh, to the, you know, the, the competition that was created out there and the, and the extreme expense of putting the capital into the market and building out these wireless networks. Part of it's just the, the you know, the wires and the towers and everything else, Martin, but You've also got to buy spectrums, and you're bidding at that in auctions that the federal government puts on it. And you can spend hundreds of millions of dollars on spectrum, and the companies have. So it's not for the faint of heart. And what's happened, those three companies have all gone by the wayside. So we've tried this many times in the past to get stronger competition in our wireless markets, and we've not been able to do it. What Shaw told us when they decided to sell to Rogers was they couldn't do it. They were competing with TELUS in BC and Alberta for both the wireline side, that's for internet provision, for cable services, for uh, voice telephony, as well as the wireless stuff. So those are three, those are two areas that, that require just enormous investments every year. And I think uh, their testimony before the competition tribunal was 
they just couldn't do it. They looked ahead to the future and said, are we going to be able to sustain this? We're not. So what are our options here? And of course, at the time, Bell had come in and, and tried to buy uh, Shaw, uh, put in an offer, and it eventually, you know, the Rogers-Shaw deal got done. But the feeling was, you know, they just weren't going to be willing to go ahead and compete at the same level in the wireless or the wireline business anymore. And Rogers was the best solution. Um, and that was only part of it, of course, because that didn't satisfy the competition bureau. Because with, if Rogers was to take over freedom, that would really reduce the regional competition in Canada, right? Shaw was a, a fairly significant competitor in the wireless market in BC and Alberta. And to have Rogers come in and take over would reduce the number of players in that market by one. And that was unsatisfactory to the competition bureau. So they said, you got to do better than that. Eventually, Rogers decided after a misstep trying to proposed to the uh, competition bureau that an investment fund by Freedom Mobile, the uh, uh, the Rogers folks eventually put Quebec Ore forward as a purchaser. And I think that was a really smart thing to do on Rogers' part and a good thing for consumers because Quebec Ore has been super successful in Quebec at getting lower prices and gaining market share, which Shaw was was not particularly good at out west. Mm-hmm. So, so we could potentially have four big, big uh, telecommunications companies. We could. Uh, it, it'll, it, it remains to be seen. I, I want to remind you again of uh, that history that we've had with trying to introduce a fourth national player in the country. It's not easy. I think, again, I go back to my statement. I think the best likelihood for better competition and better prices for Canadians comes from this deal that allows Quebec or to come in and buy Freedom Mobile, but there's no guarantee that they'll survive. Uh, Bell, Rogers, and TELUS, they're very tough competitors. And I think while Quebec Corps has been really uh, dramatically successful in in Quebec, it remains to be seen if they can do it in in BC and Alberta and Ontario, because of course Freedom operates in Ontario as well. But I think of all the candidates, potential candidates out there, I can't think of a better candidate than Quebec or. Right. We're talking to Jerry Wall, the CEO of Wall Communications, uh, about uh, the Canadian telecommunications situation where we now basically have three huge companies that control the lion's share of what's going on. And collusion is a strong word, but uh, do you think that these companies, because they are quite comfortable with each other. They know each other. Do you think that there is some collusion going on? Well, a collusion in a, um, a legal sense of the word, which is uh, not allowed by yeah. our competition law, uh, I think that the companies are very careful that they don't cross the line. And where is that line? I mean, from I'm not a lawyer, but from my layman's understanding, if you gather with your competitors and you talk about prices, that's crossing the line. So do they do that? No, I don't think they do that. I, I'd be very surprised if they did that. That would be, uh, it's not necessary. Why? Because you can look on any website, you go on the internet, you can see exactly what your competitors are charging, what they're charging that day, that price. You can read their statements before financial analysts every quarter about what their plans are to do. They can signal each other. Now, if you're 
Val Rogers and Talis, and your world is pretty sweet. I think they're making uh, EBITDA margins of more than 40%. So very, very profitable in the mobile area. Very, very profitable. And everyone's doing well. I mean, what would compel you to get down and dirty and, and do cutthroat competition? Not right. a lot, right? Yeah. So they've got a nice system. They do compete, but it's my observation is it's primarily on service quality and add-ons and, and various types of promotional things. That's where they compete in terms of the actual price, hard-nosed pricing. I don't see a lot of that. Right. So let's uh, let's get to the nitty-gritty. People listening, wondering about their cell phone bills. Are they going to get cheaper? Do you think this could be a honeymoon period? Do you think that we might see some lower prices in the next year or two? I listened carefully to the competition tribunal hearings, Martin. They lasted about three weeks. And Quebec or representatives got up and talked about their experience, why they were so successful in Quebec, and what they plan to do in Alberta and BC and in Ontario with Freedom. And I found their testimony very compelling. I think these people understand the markets really well. They're inventive and they're, they're very good competitors. They're, uh, they listen carefully to consumers. And I think that they will provide, uh, a very welcome fourth player into the markets where they operate. My longer term concern is can they sustain it though? Because as I mentioned earlier, if you look at how the big three have treated their other competitors, they, Throughout flanker brands, do you know what the flanker brands are? With uh, like Fido and Rogers, is that what yes, yeah. yes, exactly. So lower price and targeted certain markets, and and really, I think targeted at their competitors. They're called fighting brands or whatever, as much as anything. So you can expect the same kind of action from the big three. Will Quebec uh, or be able to sustain that kind of uh, competitive uh, response by the big three? We'll have to see. I don't know, but I certainly think that they're going to go in there and they're going to compete aggressively in a way that will be very welcome. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 